0: Hi guys, welcome to Tumeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive radical social evolution. Today is an awesome one for my creatives, my dreamers, and my doers. I have Steve Colander coming to the Tumeric and Tequila mic. Steve is a creative, he's a storyteller, he's an American country music artist, debuting in 1994 on his self-titled album on River North Records. Himself, his work, and his agendas are all mission driven. He has worked with majors in the music industry, Uh, to the likes of the writers with Madonna and majors in the business industry with uh, companies like Reebok and many others. You've likely seen or heard his work at this point in time. We talk about his journey and his commitment to questioning a better way, including social justice, all the things we need in 2020, and even overcoming cancer that really brought him back to his passion and back to the mic to chase the dream. So if you've ever been led astray from what you initially wanted to do, this is the podcast for you. Steve, thanks so much for your time, energy, and storytelling. We can't wait to hear more. And Turmeric and & Tequila listeners, please don't forget to like and subscribe so you have the latest on all the TNT 411. Also, we have that YouTube channel up. If you want to watch these, they are on there, Turmeric & Tequila. Check them out. Welcome to Turmeric & Tequila with
1: your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time.
0: Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Today's a good day. I am always excited to have some of my longtime friends circle back and then come on the mic. Uh, I met this varsity human, Steve Colander, about a couple years ago on another project, and it was very serendipitous that we crossed paths again, so I'm excited to have him. He's got an incredible uh, wealth of experience on a multitude of different uh, facets and backgrounds and and things, so we're going to unpack a lot of it, uh, but here's his quick 411 and quick bio, then I'll let him actually tell the true story. Uh, Steve Colander, a creative, a storyteller, an American country music artist, debuting his uh, debuting in 1994 on his self-titled album uh, on River North Records. Himself, his work, and his agendas are all mission-driven. Uh, he has tons of major accomplishments in the music industry, as creative work, Uh including, you know, clients like Reebok and some other major name droppers. Today, we are going to talk about family, health, the music business, of course, and how it is to be creative in 2020. So without further ado, Steve, welcome to Tumor and Tequila.
1: Ah, thank you very much, Kristen. Good to see you again. It's been a while.
0: Yes, it's been. Has it been a couple of years? Has it been longer than that? Yeah,
1: I can't believe it. I mean, really, it seems like it was last year that we were hanging out. But that's impossible. It had to be <laughs> at least two years ago
0: it's a it's been it's been a minute and I so we worked on a project um, that was like video photography creativity storytelling I didn't really fully know about Steve's music background until um, we kind of dug in and then reconnected two years later to talk about this podcast and I didn't understand the depth of his music journey and some of the incredible artists and talents that you worked alongside but before we get to that tell us a little bit about like how you a young Steve like how did we get into creativity how did music start and then how did you know the whole videography and everything else kind of come to play.
1: Yeah, you know my dad. He says, "Son, you have lived so many lives already," and I never really <laughs> thought about that. But you know, I I, uh, I grew up in Texas. I grew up in Austin, uh, great city, and um, you know it's a very creative town. It's a college town. There was so many students there, so it was this really liberal place. People were doing their own thing everywhere, and I kind of grew up in a conservative family. So I was looking outside going, what are all these people doing? And people were like, just making up their own stuff. Uh, and, And I thought, that'd be kind of cool to do that. But I don't think, I wasn't born that way. So I think that was sort of the first thing is I always thought that you had to be born into what you do. And I didn't know what I was born to do. So I was really frustrated for a long time when I saw all these other people that already knew what they were supposed to do. So it really wasn't until I got in college, I guess, that I started to uh, meet other people that were doing creative things. Like one of my friends, I was 18, he was 14, and he was playing in clubs, playing music. And I had been writing music, but I always thought it was, wasn't very good because I wasn't born to do it. And so uh, I started hanging out with this guy and we started writing songs together. And I thought, well, his songs aren't any better than my songs, but he's out here doing it. And I'm sitting at home, you know, playing football with my friends or watching TV or something. And it just took a little while. I was slow started to figure out finally, I figured out, wait a minute, you just figure out who you want to be, that's who you were born to be. Nobody's born doing it. I keep telling my son, he says, dad, I'm not good at skating, I don't want to do it. I said, dude, everybody's bad at something before yeah. they're good at it. You can't be good until you're bad. So you're bad, great, now let's get to getting good. Yeah. And that's how we do it now. But nobody told me that. And I don't guess I ever told anybody that, you know, I was struggling to figure out who I was. So I started doing music for a while. Then I went to college. I got an advertising degree because my mom was like, you got to have something to fall back on in case of music course. doesn't work. You know, we all hear that crap. And um, after uh, I got through with college, I did try to get into advertising. And I, and I did. And I was successful at it. And then uh, I accidentally got into the music business at that point, but I'm gonna stop so you can go back, ask any questions before I get yeah. to no, we- the craziest part
0: we, no, we go and flow here. I'm just curious on where, cause I, you know, the, I really started to and this podcast to send a message, like an SOS to our young humans of, uh, here's what's really going on. Here's how other people, my like varsity humans have done things differently. So you don't have to have something to fall back on or buy into all the smoke and mirrors and not all of that's bad, but it's, you know, there are out there great people doing great things. that totally went off the script and challenged status quo. So that's, that's why you're here. Uh, but I, I'm curious, where, where did you get this initial idea and or reality of you were born to do it like was was that parents you know verbally telling you or is it something you created where did that come from
1: I think it's just something that's I believe it's something that's innate in all of us um I, I just know that that's how I felt growing up I don't remember know where that came from but I know that my son was is the same way like I said he's nine years old and he's like dad I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do. As if you're supposed to do something, right? So yeah. I felt like I was supposed to do something. He feels like he's supposed to do something. You know, I just, I talk to other people. I do a lot of interviewing myself sure. and people are always like, you know, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do or I don't know what I was born to do. So yeah. i I don't know where that comes from but I think it's just an innate thing. I'll tell you, I heard this, this story which I think is really good there's this man who teaches storytelling. And he says, in the beginning, there was man. And man looked, one day he was walking to a pond, caveman, he looks in the water and he says, I am. And in that next instant, he said, one day I will not be. And in that moment, he, he, she, um, figured out story in that moment when you say I am story has to start because the next thing is is well who am I I am I see myself that's the first words of the bible right and the first the first word was I am and or in the, the um, in the beginning there was word I think that's how I think that's how it said it's said. so word once you have word then you have story and then you've got to feel that. And people are meaning-making machines. Even if you see that little, what's that called? That little Horseshack test—is that what it's called? Horse, Jack okay. where you the
0: ink blot stuff? Oh, uh, Jackson Pollock. Oh no, the ink blot. Um, yes, uh, <laughs> not Jackson Pollock. Literally, the complete opposite of that. <laughs> this is, I this is like my the, creative brain. I'm like associations. Well. Yeah.
1: Anyway, there's these tests that you take, and you know, you see this ink blot. And you, and you try to, you know, and you go, oh, that's a, a horse drinking from a... Oh, mom. yeah. No,
0: that is. That's a Jackson Pollock. I'm, I'd be saying it wrong, but that's what it is. They have like psychopaths, essentially. I could be, this could be completely not PC, but look at it. And that's how you determine someone's mental stability or something loosely along those lines. Is that close? Oh, okay.
1: Well, I didn't even know that. Oh, see, so yeah, m- did, we might I be making crazy. things
0: up. Maybe I need to go pour <laughs> some tequila and we'll come back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get back to Steve and do the tequila part.
0: yes yeah, seriously.
1: But uh, you know, but no. The, the the point being that as soon as we see something, we have to make meaning out of it. Yes. And so we are trying to figure out what our 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 own meaning. And uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I did I've done that for years, my whole life, and I'm old now, uh, and I'm still asking myself. I'm not asking myself who I am, but I am trying to figure out what the meaning of it all is. Sure. So from from being a, a writer, being a, a music guy being a, an ad guy then now i'm a film director slash music guy i'm like w- why am i moving around doing all this what can't i just plant a flag and say this is it mm-hmm. and I'm like well what is the flag and that's when i realized that the flag is i have to make things i'm a maker yeah so if if you just gave me a ball of string and a pen you know, and I couldn't do anything else in the room. I'm gonna find something to do with that ball of string and that pen. I just have to make things. And if there was somebody in the room to talk to, I'd probably, I might talk to him a little bit. But I'd, I'd be needing to make something. Yeah, and so you make I a story make, behind
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the the background of turmeric and tequila is, you know, I go back to like our OG philosophy of reality is nothing more than applied meaning, whether you go through uh, Plato or Aristotle or, you know, Nietzsche like I mean any of them you kind of I mean they all have very different philosophies but not really it's kind of like to live is to suffer and everything's made up Uh, so there's there's cliff notes kids that is Um, pretty much it yeah yeah but but it's it's really it's powerful stuff because you're like oh you know hundreds of whatever years later I think maybe even thousands uh I'm not one for math but you kind of see like we are innately questioning the same things. Yeah. But I, I guess something where my personality kind of clicks in and this is where I identify with your creative side because I seek this like understanding. I have these multiple brands, if you will, or personalities or missions or skill set. But really, it's kind of like, what am I doing? What's out here? And then it it hit me, like, a couple years ago, and I'm like, damn, well, my job wasn't even a thing when I was in college. Podcasting wasn't even a thing. So, like, young humans and adult people, everyone alike, relax. What you're meant to do may not even be a thing yet. Like, you got to just show up and take faith and I say, God, universe, Madonna, whatever you believe, that... You, you be a good person, you, you equip yourself with the skill set and the right humans around you and the right thing will unfold. Uh, but that's not anything, you know, a college kid wants to hear. It's like, no, no. How much am I going to make? What am I doing? Who am I married to? What? <laughs> Tell me all the yeah. things. Yeah,
1: well, that's the stuff that we're told every day is supposed to matter. Right. And, you know, the celebrity whole thing is just a real, it doesn't help matters. No. You know, you open up a magazine and it's like, oh, there's Megan and Harry and look what they're doing today. And it's like, <laughs> totally I normal. Really don't care yeah. if they're doing something important. Let me know what that important thing is. And Megan and Harry are part of it. But don't tell me they're walking along the beach today with I know. little Harry.
0: I, I, I don't care. <laughs> but it I, sells magazines and then in turn it sells ad dollars. Yeah. Um, but no, I completely.
1: Because we're told it's supposed to matter. Yeah. And, uh, and it just, yeah, it just, it really bothers me.
0: <laughs> well, and that's actually a perfect segue. And I think, and this is why I have so much faith in our young people, because I think they agree with you. I think it's like us middle-agers that are like, mm, I don't care, but also like, oh, what is, what is Megan wearing? Or what did Harry do or say, <laughs> you know, there's always something there. And that's where my graceful disruption, like that's where we're here to, we're here to disrupt this noise um but i think our young humans are like mm, i don't care and i'm not trying to have you know x amount of dollar a year job that that i'm you know a slave to the game and i have golden handcuffs like yeah. i think they get it before we did and they understand yeah. i think the mediums like podcasting and journalism with you know responsibility we actually kill i just saw today was in oxygen magazine i did an interview All with that. the you yeah the it. editor-in-chief So that's huge. And, and Laura, the editor in chief does a very phenomenal, intentional job about disrupting the noise and being intentional with her magazine, but then it costs her an ad dollars. Um, but the segue to you was, I think, you know, podcasting, music, creativity, the stuff you're putting out there can shift the reality where we're at. Like it's an incredible platform for graceful disruption. How has, you know, music specifically come in and it sounds like you were in it, got away from it, went back to it. How did that kind of like transition and, and how is it now?
1: well uh yeah so um i did have a a record deal in the uh, mid 90s and um i did have songs in the billboard charts you know i could play the game but um it was kind it was hard playing that game because they're not interested uh, the label the radio djs they weren't really interested in they weren't like interested in the truth they weren't looking for authenticity they weren't looking for sincere they were looking for where's the hit? Where's the hit? Money. And it's like the truth is, when you talk to anybody that that's written a hit, and they'll go, I didn't know it was a hit. I just know how to I just knew how to I had a story and I knew how to craft it and I work really hard at crafting it. But I'm not working hard at making the hit. I'm just working hard at making the song. And then the people decide whether it's a hit or not. But you see back in the nineties and before and before that too, before the internet came along, the radio stations were choosing the hits. The people didn't choose the hits because they wouldn't hear them anywhere.
0: Right.
1: All they heard was the songs that the radio labels and the radio stations decided that was gonna get put on the air so people could hear. And um, I remember I would go, when I was on the road, I would go to different radio stations to uh, in the morning to do the radio program, in the morning six o'clock, everybody's going to work, and I'd have to get my ass out of bed <laughs> to uh, get down there to the radio station. And um, I saw other labels, their their A and R people—that's what they would call the artist repertoire, and repertoire—and they would represent the artist. They would come into the radio station trying to pitch their artist. And I remember this one A and R guy came in, and he says, "I've got a I've got a card trick." And if I can pick your card, you put my guy in medium rotation. And the guy goes, "There's no way you could pick my card. And he goes, okay, then let's play the game. And of course, it's a magic trick. And the guy picked the guy's number. And he had to put him in medium rotation. Meanwhile, I had to get out of bed at 5 a.m. to make it to the radio station at 6 a.m. trying to talk an authentic game while a radio guy is playing radio, is a playing magic tricks to get their guy on the radio. And I'm like, man, this is not yeah. how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. And so at some point, I just walked away from it. It wasn't fun anymore. I just felt like I was hissing in the wind and it Yeah. it wasn't fun. So I walked away for years and I put the guitar in a closet. I, I just didn't even want to see it. Ugh. And I didn't write for years. And then went out and I bought a piano sitting in the corner over there. And I started talking to the piano and then the piano started talking to me and I taught myself how to play. And then it started giving me songs and I started coming back out, you know, very cautiously and thought, well, I can't take a piano into a bar. So it's safe to learn songs on the piano and not go to a bar and go, man, I wish I was up there playing. So I, I um, started on the piano and then it really wasn't until this COVID thing hit that I saw some of my old friends playing in their houses, putting it out on the internet. And I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe I will. My son's getting old enough now that I got a lot of songs. He doesn't even know what they are. I should start documenting all these songs. Just get them out there, put them on something that exists for him. Yeah. He thinks my stuff is crappy right now. You know, <laughs> it's, not, it's not rap and hip hop, which is cool. I, I like that stuff too, but it's not what I, Maybe. Just wait
0: till he can sip tequila, he'll like it way more.
1: I know, right? He's not anyone. He and I we've written a couple of rap songs. Okay, so see? I can go there for his. Load for his it.
0: You got to ease him me. in. Ease him in.
1: <laughs> so uh but um yeah, so I started going out I I'd go outside and I do the barbecue sessions. That's what I call them. And I'd sit by the fire and I'd sing a song for the day and then I'd come out the next day sing another song. And uh I thought I was gonna do that for a couple of weeks. I thought this COVID thing, remember that in the beginning, they're like, yeah. you know, we're gonna close down the school for two weeks. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. It kind of, seems like a long time, but, so after two weeks, yeah, they've prolonged it. So I kept getting out there singing some more and we're going on eight months. I I, I started to run out of songs that I had already written and remembered the words to. <clears throat> so then I started going in the bait. I'd wake up really early while Connor was still sleeping. and My wife was still sleeping. I'd go down to our crappy little basement next to the sump pump. I mean, it's a real hellhole down there, but it was the (laughs) one place that could, it was super quiet. Nobody could hear me. And um, I started writing new songs, and
0: oh my God. It felt so good. Yeah. I mean, that's such, it's, when you talk, I don't want to interrupt the flow, but you. Uh, when you said the music world, like this really pure outlet, creative outlet was, you know, but potentially and well, what did become your profession. And then you saw the world that that profession existed in, and it almost like tainted this really pure outlet. So what do you do? You shut down and put it away. And that's, I think, just like any young human or anyone's voice out there, you got something to say, and then society, your parents, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, come back and you say, no. And then you like you, you go back to your shell. And I think every person experiences that in some capacity. The scary thing is, is when it's not that you can't monetize it. Cause I always think if it's meant to be, it will come around. And again, remember, it might not be invented yet, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that when that's like a coping mechanism and that's part of like your mental health and you're unaware of that, you take that away. That adds one more factor of, unhealthiness, if you will, to your world. And you don't have that coping mechanism, especially as a kiddo and you have this outlet and then it's taken away. It's kind of crazy. And I actually dabbled. I'm not musically inclined, although I want to think that I am, like I'd lie to myself. Um, it, that's why I love TikTok. You just, you know, sing, everything's already on there. But uh I, I got into the world I knew a and I went down to Arista Records because I was a Whitney fan I followed Clive oh Davis and we, yeah we I got into like in the business too yeah, well a little bit I did internship at House of Blues out here and then Outlook Music which was one of our Bronco Players labels and I, I dabbled in but the more I got in it was just like you said it was about the paycheck they didn't care about the human and I didn't really fully understand why I was so repelled but I loved music and I loved the process and I loved creative humans it just that wasn't specifically my past so I was out but now it's kind of circled back into this but like you I was like not musically inclined but like my heart space was there but then oh mm-hmm. the door shut because I was it was gross um but I want to get back to you and and how the journey kind of took you away but then music spirit again what pulled it to you came back and then it found its way again without you knowing what it was supposed to be
1: yeah well you know I I uh, right before this COVID thing I, I told you um you know you and I talked a, a month or so ago and I pointed out to you that I got a, um, I had a throat issue. I don't use the C word cause I don't like it. Exactly. Um, but I had a swollen gland here. My tonsil was really big and, um, they're like, you know, you're going to have to have some radiation for this. So I had like 35 radiation treatments and it just burned my whole throat. Like my, even my skin's discolored now because of it. This was a year and a half ago. And, um, You know, I remember talking to the doc and I'm like, am I gonna be able to sing again? Not that it really matters, because what I really just need to do is be around for my son, but I'm just sort of curious. And he says, I think you're gonna be fine when this is done. So um, when it was all over and my throat started to heal, I thought, I wonder if I could still sing. And I tried it and I could yeah. And then I thought, you know what? It's kind of weird that that was. I'm a storyteller, and the spoken word or the word, the written word in song—that was my thing. And I put that in a closet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, shame on me. So I thought, you know what? If I can get through all this, and it's i i kind of owe it to myself and 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 the creator to um you know not hide that
0: do you think that it i mean that's kind of ironic like if we talk about our initial uh statements in the podcast you even said i'm looking for what i am what i'm what i'm born to do and then here you are with something taken away saying like i'm a creator now i know but you consciously put it away so and this is again what we all do this as humans we're like oh no i know i know i know." not going to do that who am i what am i doing why you just had that name tag on and you took it off oh shit where is that oh now it doesn't stick anymore. Uh so so you you, we kind of do this breakdown breakthrough And sometimes it takes something so strong to where it like knocks you on your ass and you're like, okay, now I'm paying attention. Um, After your diagnosis and your healing and how much did that creativity and getting back to writing really, I mean, outside of treatments and radiation, but genuinely promote healing to be creative again and have this insight of like, it's for my son and, oh, and it's also for me and potentially the rest of the world.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think it keeps me sane. I think I feel like I'm on the back on the path of what I was always meant to do, but, but sort of got turned off and turned away from it. And, um, you know, that happens throughout history, right. Even through the Bible where you've, you know, you turn away, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So even the, even um, in the New Testament and Jesus would go into the desert and he would say, I I, I don't want to do this. Find somebody else. I don't want to do this. But um, I think when you figure out what it is that you're supposed to do, or if it's not something you're supposed to do, it's something that you do choose to do. And then you, and then that is awakened within you. I think to let that go is, I don't want to say it's criminal, but I don't think you're supposed to let that go.
0: I think it's tragic. I think maybe
1: that's what I learned through all this is I just shouldn't have let it go.
0: Yeah, but I, I think, again, there's like due process to things. And I, I think it's important that you're intentional. You show up. You do the best you can. You constantly evolve. And you need some of these breakdown breakthroughs to truly understand the gifts and the mission and the purpose. And then some of that journey can obviously, impacts everything moving forward that was that needed to happen. You know?
1: You're a, you're a wise Old soul. Person. I'm just,
0: I'm just drinking, and no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> no,
1: no, no, I, no. Uh, I, I think that that's, that's true. Things happen in time when they're supposed to. You yeah. know, I did have a, a coach once upon a time, and I'm like, man, I should have done this. And he goes, I don't want you to ever yeah. say that word should have again, because it happens now because it's supposed to happen now, or it didn't happen then it wasn't supposed to happen. Things happen when it's supposed to. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I was writing songs. They were fun. Maybe they were even a little bit shallow. They're much deeper now. Yeah. I just dig deeper. And it's not like it's harder. It's easier to dig, dig deeper now. For one, I'm not trying to find a hit. I'm just trying to find a song. And sometimes when I go into the basement, I wake up at... I used I used to not be an early morning person, but I am now. And I wake up at like 5.45. It's because oh, everybody's still sleeping. My son's not up yet. And I can get down there and get something done. And I have no idea what I'm going to write about. I don't have something to say when I'm marching down to the basement next to the sump pump. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to say this today. I just sit down there and I go, basement, <laughs> what do you got for me today? What treasure is down here in this shitty basement? And I just listen. I'll put pick up the guitar and I'll play a couple of chords. I go, oh, that sounds kind of neat. What's that saying? And I will play that chord, those couple of chords back and forth. Yeah, it says now. I think I'm supposed to go to this chord next. And I'll listen to that. Yeah, that's it. Or no, that wasn't it. That was sappy. Or that's too dark. Or whatever. The feeling didn't feel right then. Or felt feels good. And, it slowly comes to life, and I go, but yeah, but I don't know what the words are. It's like right now, it's like a do ba do ba ba di It's like well, you know, that's that's not gonna work. Then eventually, I'll. The, the other day, I came up with a phrase that was like, "I love the life I live," mm. and I thought, okay, that's it. I love the life I live, and then. After about five minutes of hearing me sing myself sing, I'm like, that is so lame. That's so sad. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. And then I turned it around, I'm like, I'm riding this, I'm riding this train all the way. And I'm like, and after I played that, I'm like, that's it. I'm riding this train all the way. It just felt more, it felt more, you know, nonstoppable. Yeah. It felt more like, I don't know what this train is, but I like it and I ain't getting off. I like it. It felt better than I love the life I live. That's nice. But.
0: You wanted something more aggressive.
1: Something more aggressive. Because, you know, I don't know what. And then the song sort of became, it felt like I was writing my song. This song, this this train is a runaway train. And it has been for a long time. Yeah. And I don't know where it's going, but I like it. I'm hanging on, I'm not getting off. And one day this train's gonna end, but I gotta just keep riding it and keep enjoying it till the wheels fall off.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't write that part yet Till
0: the wheels fall off. I I might have to go back and look at that again. I'll I'll send you the audio and video. Don't even worry. Um, But what you're saying here now is not only the message, but how did you learn to listen? Like not just to other people, and this is something I'm still working, but to genuinely listen to yourself, to pause and say, oh, this, and listen by, I mean, not even audible, but like internally, like my gut says yes, my gut says no. Like how did that process happen? Because that sounds simple, but it's a very complex skill set.
1: It is. It is, Kristen, and I never really thought about how I got to be the good listener. I was a middle child, so I was the peacemaker in the family, and I was always trying to figure out where is the peace? You know, how, where is where's that place that everybody can get along? Because uh, the roughness was pretty rough.
0: If that whole thing isn't a song yet, it needs to be right there. That whole piece. Where, okay. where is the piece? Yeah. No, seriously. Okay. I think You're that's song, very. Though. Dude, in 2020, let me know when it's out. We'll promote it.
1: <laughs> um, I did also, I had a, uh, I did have a psychiatrist once upon a time that I went to, um, or a psychologist, psychologist. And um, he was a good listener, a really good listener. And when I would talk to him and I would say something and I thought I was talking about a particular subject and he was listening right through the subject I thought we were talking about. Like, let's say it was, I am really sucking in school right now and I don't know how to pay attention in school. All I wanna do is go out and play football and blah, 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 and he's listening and when he's done, he asked a question that had nothing to do with anything I had just told him, hmm. or so it seemed to me. But then when he had asked the question, he says, when you said blah, 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 what I heard was blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, damn, okay. That's when I started to understand the concept of subtext, which, was, which is what any movie's about, any movie is, Rocky is not about a boxer.
0: Right.
1: That's what it looks like it's about, but that inlet's what it's about. It's about a someone who thinks they're worth nothing and digs deep to become someone. Right? Just to become someone. We kind of just be good at something. And we all know what it's like to just want to be good at something. So this guy was also actually a playwright. Um, The psychologist that I was talking to. So that's when I started to understand what subtext was. And that's when I realized that's not just the movies and the books and the TV shows. That's our life. There's all this stuff that's going on below the surface. And that is what we should be listening for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that I've actually, I don't want to call you up, but I love that I've seen you in action in working because I've seen you ask those questions. I'm like, why the hell is he asking that? And I'm like, oh, I mean, I actually kind of had an idea, but I'm like, yes. And you know, when Steve, he's a master interviewer, so don't critique my skill here. Um, But I've literally seen you pull out the message and, and you do it on the fly. Like, I mean, a lot of it, we didn't have scripted or what have you, but it was, I mean, it's your innate gift to not only connect, but then pull out like the gold, like and put it together and then help display the story. Um, So I completely, I understand and hear what you're saying and I've seen it in action. So
1: thank you. Thank you. I've had a lot of coaches, I guess, in life through different businesses and whatnot. But I did have this one coach who would come and come to our company. and, And when I worked at a ad agency and she would coach people at the company and then I, had, I just had a personal relationship with her. And I, said, I would say, Joan, how do you get into a room with 12 people and feel, she was such a leader, so confident. How do you just, oh, and you can talk to anybody about anything, but you don't know, you don't know what's gonna hit you, but you always have an answer. And she says, Steve, I have no idea what I'm gonna get into in that room. But I do have a certain amount of confidence in myself that the answer will come. If I listen, the answer will come. And I thought, damn, okay. I'm gonna make that part of me. And so when you saw me in action with, um, with the person we were with, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And, so, and I do get nervous before those outings. I do say a prayer before those outings. And the prayer really is basically just, God, let me pay attention. Let me just listen. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be part of whatever the activity is. I just want to listen. I just want to be able to hear and help that person. So the, here's the other thing, Kristen. I try not to make it about me. Sure. I am there to serve. And if I can remember, I'm not there for me, I'm there to help that person, then I can kind of leave myself out. As soon as I drag my sorry ass along, <laughs> the wheels fall off, the ego gets involved, I get. I might get frustrated, or I might want to impress that person and and talk on top of them or add something to their story. I got to leave all that behind. And I'm good at jumping right on somebody's story and I do like to do that. It is fun. And when you're with a friend, jumping on their story is is a way to let them know, "Oh, he's right here with me." But there's a time for that and there's a time to just quiet and listen so you can help them add to their story, but not interrupt it or make it your story. So right. there you go. That's, that's kind of what
0: well, I'm But I think that's huge. And particularly in the industry you work in, I don't know how much you're doing with like, you know, major corporate clients or celebrities or what have you. Some of those conversations or projects or whatever it is are really difficult because it's not necessarily two people coming together to converse or have a conversation or it's, it's, it's work, it's a project. And sometimes you don't want that emotional authenticity, like you're just showing up to get it done. And even when they think it is emotional connect, it's still not. So you got to really like pull it out of them and and pull and somehow gain trust. And if it's someone that's done a million interviews or whatever, written a million songs, they're just trying to check boxes. It's hard. Uh, and you have way more experience than I do, but it's hard to like pull out the meat. However, if you can find that connection point you can see a wall come down and then it's like oh I'm not just another interviewer like I'm not just here to monetize you I actually really do want to know what's going on and this is safe space to to let the wall down even just a little bit and I think you you have that skill set because I saw it and (laughs) I've seen you with some tough ones uh where I'm like oh I don't know how this is gonna go because I know the other side and it's a project um but you, you you do, you can like disarm things essentially, and it's it's pretty magical to see.
1: Well, thank you. I think um I think part of that, Kristen, is if somebody's got something that they want to say, I'll first thing I do, I'll let them say it. Say it. Give me your best sound bite. Give me your best thing that you rehearsed in front of the mirror. Bring it all on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. give me <laughs> some more of that. Like, and I think that's it. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. And I'm thinking to myself now let's let's now we're going to start the internet. Yeah,
0: interview. yeah. Like,
1: that, I that you can't if you try to fight the things that they've worked out in the mirror. You're just going to lose. Let them get it out. And it's important to get it out. And, I, and I'm not making fun of them either because sure. I didn't. I, I don't try to I probably should try to practice some things in the mirror, but I don't bother Because um, I just feel like it. It'll come off fake and I really don't like fake it's yeah. just that we all are fake to a certain extent. Um, we yeah, the mask. the pet peeve of mine.
0: Yeah. It's well, and fake. here's the kicker. We all are. Yeah, we, we all are. wear the mask. And I don't know if you've seen this um, with some of your more creative clients now, where you're doing like commercials or, or something digital, but what was like, even with some of my corporate clients or corporate jobs or whatever, what sold before doesn't sell now, particularly at our young consumer. So I'm so, I'm excited to see this because people like us that do want to reveal heart space, now our consumers are actually consuming that way. So it's, it's come full circle in this super polished mass situation and rehearse. I totally get it, especially if you're doing 10 interviews a day or whatever, you're out in the spotlight so much, but that's fading. Our, our young people want authenticity. Yeah. Um,
1: I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think people who, you know, politicians, they practice their lines.
0: Absolutely. They can get
1: in someplace and get out. And that's fine, as long as that, if that's all somebody wants to hear, that's fine, then just give it to them. But if somebody asks you a question deeper, you know, they owe it to be listening. When does somebody really care? Listen, listen, listen. Does this person really care? They do, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna give them the extra. And don't bother with it, you know, a lot of people, they just want the sound bite. They don't want the death. They're too, they're in a hurry. Just give me the bottom line and I'll get out of here. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. Or we can have a real conversation.
0: Well, so are you super inspired right now? Because again, all things are on time. Like you got out, you got back in, but now authenticity, heart space. Like let's talk about social issues. You've got a mic, you got a guitar, you're musically inclined. Like you're right on time. Like, I mean, are you excited about, I know we've got a lot of things to pray for, you know, health and COVID and everything, economy but are you also excited about opportunity that lies in front of you?
1: Well, you know, it's funny about that. I still am just a creator, right? So I'm not, I do want to know that there's a place for it to go. I do want to know there's not a gatekeeper like a record label to go. That's good enough to get out. That's not good enough to get out. At the same time, I might, Here goes the word should, and my coach would go, don't say that, but maybe I ought to look into how I can use social media to get the word out there, but I kind of wish that was just somebody else so that I could just create, and I don't have to worry about how to get it out there. I say that, Kristen, but as I do try to study this a little bit, it is a reminder that If this is some sort of substitute for being in the club, which it is like these days, the the COVID, you can't, musicians can't get out like they used to. There's no concerts or whatnot. Then it is important to not just sing the songs, which is what I really have to do, but how could I connect with somebody like yourself? Like we're just sitting here. If I was to play a song, I would like to know if that hits you in the right place. Yeah. Right. So in that sense, yeah, I guess social media and a live concert is might really be a cool Way to go, but I'm still sort of like, okay, let's see, how do I make that happen. So right now I'm just loving writing songs playing them I put them out on Facebook or Instagram I was gonna say you're
0: embracing the social a little bit and it's not just a creative you are a creative and that's a huge title to wear and any fellow creative will yeah. acknowledge and it, that
1: it, it, and it, it's true also if nobody would hear these I I, I wouldn't do them it really it's knowing okay. that I've it on Facebook that there's a place that I can put it on Instagram there is a place that it can live for others to hear that is super important to me yes um I just kinda like run into it full kilt like some YouTube celebrities will do, you know, but it's like, I just gotta talk to my to my followers today. It's two yeah. thirty and that's when they're online and like, wow, that's that's its own sort of record label, gotta yeah. do it this way thing. And I'm not there. I'm not ready to do that yet. But I think I'm still understanding it. As you pointed out, there's still probably things that are yet to be invented or Mm -hmm. embraced that I might go, yeah, that's me. I feel that. I'm still looking around to see what it is I feel, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, you'll know like everything else when it hits you. And, you know, I've had to consciously, and I'm here for social media because I do love the accessibility and I've seen firsthand the impact it can have, particularly to our young people and that immediate connection. So I had to shift the conversation around social media for me because it does have negative connotations, but understanding it differently and shifting it for me was big. And uh, like you, I don't like this, like someone's controlling it, monetizing, I have to do this at this time, what have you. I just started being less strategic about it even though as a you know business human in my consulting firm we we have to be strategic about some things letting go of it for me because that fit more for me for my personality being like got something to say let's hop on right now if 12 people see it cool if not whatever if my hair is done no maybe it isn't maybe we're in the car whatevs um but that allowed me to shift my attitude around it. And so then I felt more comfortable with the platform and what it was. And I'm still, you know, even as this, I'm a professional, I want to say for everybody else, but then when it comes to my stuff, I'm like, Ugh, it's a little cringy. Like, do I want to be influencer? And, and I'm, I'm warming up to, and I have to change my own conversation because I am, I'm confident with what I'm saying, what I have to say. I believe in turmeric and skill in these conversations. Like, I really think this is my angle and, and purpose and, and point of service to everyone else. And it's still processed to be like, get on the mic, get in front of this, post it, talk about it, what have you. But the more I change my own conversation, the more comfortable it is. And I think the better it's presented to anyone watching it. It's not so like, look at my TikTok video and I'm so funny and cool or whatever. Um, but it's, it, we're also not of that generation. So it's still weird to us. I, yeah. Yeah. The more I, I change the combo, the more comfortable it becomes.
1: I, I, I'm really, i really, I love what you're doing. I really ad, admire you and I'm inspired by what you're doing and, and seriously, yeah. I mean that because you know, I've watched others um, do the social media thing and um, you know, where you're out in public and you're Oh, I'm going to grab my phone and do, you know, a little thing with my followers. I'm like, hey, I'm in Walmart right now. Look at the crowds. And, you know, I had to get some new guitar strings. And it's like, I don't know, man. Is that? Yeah. Maybe that's cool. Maybe it is. I come from a an era, I guess, that you, made a brand, you have a brand. I don't know, I'm winging this, but as I think about this, as we sit here and talk about it, I had some cool musician friends that were my, that was my band. I had a band leader who he carried himself a certain way. And, uh, you know, if I wanted to do a cover song of the Beatles, uh, he'd say, yeah, it's a great idea, man. What, what are we gonna do? And i am go, how about Love Me Do? And he'll go, I don't think so. I'm like, well, what do you mean, man? I just said like a Beatles song. He goes, find one nobody's heard of before. I'm like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, you know, like uh, this boy or, uh, I'm like, well, I just kind of wanted to do something everybody heard Yeah. and he was so cool that I was like, oh, I guess I gotta be cool. And I think I took on that personality that he has had, has, I don't really know where he stands and that was a long time ago. But um, I'm just like really careful about how i present myself and you can i don't think you can do that in this day and age with uh social media and whatnot you just gotta like jump into it but i'm like i want to jump into it but i don't want to look like a fool 30 minutes from now when i look back and i go i wish i could have done that over again i love do-overs
0: <laughs> well i know you aren't editing it ed- i mean you usually have control over this however i would take extreme confidence in your natural gifts, your experience level, and the skill set at hand right now, because you've, you've run these laps. And even if it's a little bit messy, people will probably like it more because it's real. And again, that works against what we do as professionals. So we have like, you know, the turmeric and tequila side of our creative brain where it's like, needs to be professional. Nope, needs to be authentic. And it needs to be not too polished. So I see that balance why it's hard. But I this has really helped me knowing, okay, maybe I'm not comfortable fully being like influencer status, most extra, what have you. And most people would think, are you sure you're not? And I'm actually really not. Um, however, then I see people that are doing, it and I'm like, okay, we definitely know more. We've been around more blocks. We have more experience. We've done, study more books, what have you been to more athletic, comp- whatever the thing might be. If I'm not, you know, displaying my message and I've had people invest in me and education dollars and this, i am doing a disservice to the community. So for you to not share your voice, I'd really welcome you to embrace this. It's a disservice to any young human, your son included, old humans alike, to not be able to hear your message and say, oh my God, the Steve dude is amazing. I'm so glad I heard this social change song today. That really changed you know, my outlook. And, you know, maybe country isn't so racist or, you know, I mean, these are like big pivot points. It could just be one message you're putting out there and you have the ethos and experience to say it, you know, and there's a lot of people, a lot of people that don't have that credibility and they're saying a lot. So please jump in this noise.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. Others have said the same thing, Kristen. You're like, you know, dude, you might think that what you're doing isn't all that big a deal. That's called a gift. That's why you don't think it's a big deal is cause it comes naturally to you. So just get over that because the rest of us wish we could sing and the rest of us wish we could write. So cut that shit out and just start singing and writing. And I you know, I've really had to think about that because that all that's true. And um I I think that you're right. I do think I just gotta put it out there and yeah. enjoy it and
0: Well, and I mean, alongside that, the humility is beautiful. Like, I hope somebody can hear this conversation and be like, Damn, this guy's good and like what a humble side like what a person that's been around the buck and because you, you've been around greatness in the music industry around the media industry I mean you've been amongst genuine rock stars no pun intended so mm-hmm. I can and you've hung with them like you've been part of you've written with them and you're on you know billboards and writing credentials like you've been in it so still to have that humility with experience I think in itself is really a beautiful thing so I'm glad that there's platforms like this that can expose that side of you as well because that's a, that's an important piece of the message alongside being out there and, and embracing the voice.
1: Yeah, you know, I have to remind myself those things too, Kristen. I've written <laughs> with Kate Cochran, who wrote I Fall to Pieces for Patsy Cline. I've written with uh, John Bettis, who wrote Human Nature for Michael Jackson Come and on. Crazy for you for Madonna. Um, you know, I'm writing I'm with these people, and then I go home and I'm like... I wonder if I'm a real writer and I'm, people are like, are you high? I mean, (laughs) are you just effing with us or what? But, you know, there's a lot of insecure people that are doing well. And part of why they do well is because they they don't take it for granted. They just, they're like, this might, that might've been an accident. I got to work really hard to do it again. Mm -hmm. And so you do it again. You work really hard. You work really hard. You know, Michelangelo thought his work sucked. You know that? 98% of what he did sucked and he would throw these temper tantrums, he'd catch the paintings on fire, he'd throw them out the windows, he'd scream and look at the beautiful 2% that he gave the world but he, he hated what he did and he did not, he thought he was a fake, he didn't think he was a real artist, that's the truth. And that's another one of those things I have to tell myself. And I certainly wouldn't compare myself to him. You could probably tell that by now. But you have to hear those stories so that you feel like you've got a fighting chance, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's, Um, I mean, that's glorified and that's the real, but that's like influencer marketing. I don't say this as a cheap brand conversation, but it's, you see the people around you or your idols or whatever, your parents or anyone you look up to. And you're like, oh, like we are always our worst enemy. I don't care who you are, where you're from. Like our, ourselves are our biggest critics. And, and, it, and it, it exemplifies when you get to that really varsity level of like professional status, like then it's even harder. But if you surround yourself with the right people and you lean into the right stories, you read the right books, you listen to the right music, and you can kind of see someone do it before you and emulate their behavior and take that inspiration in some capacity, it pushes you along. Um, So you never know what song is, you know, inspiring the next young Steve Colander out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. You know, you were talking earlier about being an influencer and we have experiences and whatnot. I always found it really funny. I would go to the South by Southwest. uh, Oh yeah. Influencer land. (laughs) The web conference, you know, it's great stuff. And I would hear all these influencers and experts and they'd get up there and just talk shit. Yeah. They had been in the business for 10 minutes and they figured they knew it all. And I think there's something to be said for that. Whenever I start something new, and I read about, about two books, uh, watch, you know, look at a few uh, websites, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, this might be what I do my, uh, I'll do a little web talk on this. I never do them. But I'm thinking, you know, I get this, I get this. And then the longer you study it, like now for music, for years for me, marketing, years for me, um, directing, still pretty new at it, but quite a few years at this point. You see, even if it's been 10 years for me, which I guess it has been, it doesn't seem like a long time because there's so much to learn. But the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, truth, Truth, truth. And when you're new at something, all of a sudden you feel like you know it all because you just, bam, you got so much information. It feels like I must know it all. I mean, how much more could there be? I just read two books, seven websites, three blogs, and a podcast. So definitely I'm in the know now. (laughs) But you start doing that stuff for years and you start really knowing the ins and the outs. And you realize, and then you realize, I'm not even, the more experience you have, the more you go, I'm really not qualified to talk about this. Right. Because
0: there's such
1: depth. There's such an appreciation for that art or that skill that you know takes years, if not a lifetime. And yet here comes the experts. And I just wrote a book. I wrote an e-book. I wrote a, oh, come on. Yeah. But it's, I say that in, I say it authentically and i say it silly wise because you know you got to talk about it somebody's got to talk about it
0: it's the truth
1: we have to talk well, about the truth stay quiet because i don't know everything now just put out what just talk about what you know yeah let's just start with they may
0: well i i think that's a really great awareness and all the more reason where you got to step in and discredit the noise and just like we talked about um our old school, like marketing agencies or advertising agencies, our, our consumers are consuming differently. So I actually think there's there's transition in the influencer game. And I printed shirts that say influencer just to poke the bear because that's what we do with Ko Lions. Um, but because I think our young humans are seeing through it. If you've got a million signs in your yard, meaning you're promoting all these brands and you're just naked on Instagram, there's no substance there. Our young people, they might you know like your ass or whatever nakedness is there, but they're not actually going to buy the protein shake you're slanging. And so right. there's you know we're starting to see this Have discrepancy. You seen that, by the way. Go, Steve. You just—I think you just got a sponsor, man. Oh yeah,
1: my <laughs> wife was going to just punch me for that. You just had to go there, didn't you?
0: Yeah, like
1: you know. This is the new world we live in, honey. It is.
0: It, it, I mean, it is what it is. But like I said, I, I have faith that our our young people are starting to see through it. And our people, this is why I started the podcast, because people like yourself, myself included, were like, mm, I'm not an influencer. I'm not doing this. And I'm like, okay, fine. But just come on to American Tequila and talk about it, because I promise you it's gold and there's value. And if one person hears it, it makes all the difference. And if you don't want to be an influencer after that, okay, fine. But at least we got you on the record, sharing your story. Um, so... it. it it's important, I think you're in the boat with so many people, and that's why it's so important that you bust through.
1: Yeah, well, thank thanks, Chris. No I do, um I do believe that it is all about authenticity, sincerity. Those two things are what creates empathy in others. And empathy is the only thing that will make a story stick, inside someone's head yeah you can talk about all the rational reasons all day long you've got to find the emotional one that will move the needle and that comes from empathy And if you can tell a story with empathy and be authentic about it you could you could sell anything yeah but when i say that i mean that sell it authentically not selling ice to an eskimo but selling up to an inuit but (laughs) You know, to it has to be authentic, an authentic sell because some because somebody could benefit from this. Yes. And, and, and if you have empathy and you're authentic about it, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to sell a song, to sell yourself, sell a product, service, any of it.
0: I completely agree. And, you know, if music doesn't work out, you can run for president because that's what we need. So, I'll just put you and you and Christian can be, you know, uh, president and vice president Colander. And uh, is it Williams? Yeah. 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 Okay. So there you go. I
1: couldn't do it. You know, I'm too, I'm too emotional. I I, I watched those, I watched those guys at it and I'm like, I, I I couldn't do it. I could not stand there and, and soak in all that input and nastiness and not when my, when I get, um, emotional uh my blood pressure goes up and when my blood pressure goes up i can't think i just can't so i'm like okay i know where my limit is i could not I can't do those types of things.
0: Well, unfortunately, most good humans can't. So there's a a reason that that kind of shakes out. And not only, I think I could actually weather that storm a little bit. I've also gotten way better about self-care, so maybe not. Um, But the way the families get drug in, and it's it's not just me, it's everyone around you. That's the part I couldn't handle. Um, True. But god bless anyone that's out there um well on that note talk to us a little bit about i'm on three percent so i want to make sure we get in the music oh yeah give us- and
1: i noticed that it's three o'clock and i have to pick my son up from school See, so tell me yeah. how tell me how we can sort of like wrap yeah up. well
0: give me the quick 411 on uh music that's coming out where do we find you um and what's next
1: okay okay so um after this covid thing started eight months ago i have written over 40 new songs. So in those eight months, 40 new songs. Songs that came from the heart, right? Songs that I love, not like writing some little ditty on on the tissue paper when I had a a break. I mean, things that I thought about, 40 songs. And so I thought, you know, I should do something with this that's a little more permanent, if you will. Sure. Um, So I am putting together a new, CD, although I don't think it's really a CD. I don't think, I don't think people do those anymore, do they? Some um, do. Yeah, um, putting together some sort of record of uh, songs. Um, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm much more. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. At, what's my? Uh, is it Colander One? Facebook
0: Colander One. I think yeah, your is Colander. Oh, I'll, I'll list them all. One.
1: Yeah. Okay. You. Yeah. You. Can, thanks. Um, so you can find me there regularly now. Um, and uh, now I'm on Spotify, finally, after all these years. I saw that. Yeah, you know, um, whoever bought my, my masters years ago for those first two records, they just, they're sitting on them somewhere. Uh, they never put the, let the public have an opportunity to buy those albums online. It's nuts.
0: Oh, that's sucks so awesome. I
1: might even go re-record those records so that they can be on Spotify, Amazon, all those places. But um, I got somebody who's helping me put that stuff out there now. So I know that I'm on uh, Spotify. I think iTunes now. Yeah, I am. Okay. You can we, find me now. You couldn't
0: find me before. Okay, We might actually have to podcast about the business side at one point because that's a whole interesting conversation in itself. Yeah. But I Maybe. hope you do re-record So that's all out there.
1: Yeah, I will.
0: Well, that's me. I'm excited to see what's to come. And you have Vimeo videos is on YouTube as well now.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I finally started the YouTube channel. So I'm putting all the songs there. Good. Okay. Through Steve Colander, YouTube through Steve Colander. Yeah.
0: And your song about really quick and I'll let you go. Your song about social change. I thought it was right on time. I hope that gets traction because it's obviously still incredibly relevant and poignant can you tell me a little bit about the background of that song? Hey, you. Hey, you. Yeah.
1: Hey, you was written because, well, you know, We just have to get along better than we do. Yeah. We just have to find a way to chill with each other, and it's gotten nastier over the last four years. Um, where people, it's sort of like you know, it's sort of that trickle down thing where you see something happening at the top, and it sort of makes it okay for some reason. Think, I guess it's okay for me to act like that, and there's been some not acting okay, and uh we got to get over that we have mm-hmm. got to get over that so i wrote this song after the after the um floyd um george uh, george floyd thank you my dad's name is floyd so i get the name. <laughs> but um when that incident happened and i saw that uh, incident good lord uh when i saw that on tv i was down in the basement writing all happy songs and then i saw that i'm like what what am i doing in the basement singing songs about my family and life is good when that is going on out there Mm -hmm. and i don't really usually do social songs but i couldn't not do it so i wrote this song hey you we need to get along better than we do and like these things that i'm seeing and it's like that's not we just have to if you see this happen you're going to let that happen or you're going to get involved you're going to turn your head and not, you're going to be quiet. You can't be quiet. You know, we talked about being tolerant of somebody acting a certain way. And, you know, I was sort of following that, but now it's like, I don't think I'm going to be tolerant. I mean, certainly not of that, but there was a lot of places where I thought I was going to, you know, just, just be quiet, just bide your time. You know, let's not get in an argument here. I don't really like confrontation, but, um, I just had to say something. So I wrote that song, Hey You, and got friends all over the country here we are you know we had to make the the song remotely so i had people in minnesota and virginia nashville texas here in boston and everybody pulled their tracks together and then i sent it off to nashville to have it mixed and um and put out there for people to hear and it, it you know it got made, made a little noise made more noise than the rest I of the songs think, I, I think i think it.
0: it still will um, I'll def- I'll definitely post it, and it's a huge nod. And I think I'm I'm the bright side of that is it brought someone like you, again, our our key humans, to come out and and share the voice when there was apprehension prior. Like it it was a shove in the right direction. So if there's any silver lining to something so awful, I think that's one angle to to shine a light on. Um, but I really appreciate you. I'll let you run. I, and I also got to say, I love how much your son is a priority in your world. I think we need more of that as well. So I give you a massive nod to, for being the uh-huh. ultimate family man. He's
1: everything um, to me.
0: I, I believe <laughs> it. I see it. But thank you for your time and energy. Let's please catch up again soon. I want to hear more about the music business and, and uh-huh. using your voice in general. So let me know how I can help promote the cause and anything that's you know helpful from our end. We're here for you.
1: Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely.
0: Love you. Talk later. We'll chat soon. Okay.
1: Take
0: care, Steve.
1: Okay. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you
0: listen.